Capita, this is your host, Jasmine Luchis, and you're now listening to Hepa Talk Season 3. Hola, Jefitas. We are on episode 16, and I'm so excited because I have this beautiful woman here with us that has not only been an inspiration to me, but to some of my friends in my close circle. So I'm super excited to have her on and to just kind of share her journey on, you know, her career path. Like being a life coach is definitely, I feel, something that everybody needs. Um, I feel like people kind of think like, oh, life coach is kind of like a therapist, but it's like, I personally think it's better because she ends up being like a bestie because, um, um, you know, we all need that one friend to kind of guide us and, and push us and motivate us. And I think everybody deserves to have their own special life coach. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself and let them know what exactly it is that you do. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm already super emotional from like the pre minutes before we hit record. So thank you. Um, I'm Esperanza LeBron. I am an executive and professional coach, a life coach. And um, what I do, gosh, in one sentence, if I could sum that up is I help people break possibility open in all of the areas of their life. And it's so crazy because I feel like exactly how do you narrow that down because you you really are um somebody that helps everybody in all aspects of their life not just business not just personal I think even in a sense even spiritual Mm -hmm. sometimes so it's kind of hard to kind of narrow that all down into one sentence right Oh my God. Yes. And let me just tell you the spiritual part is my favorite because it really encompasses number one, your entire thought process, your entire body. It shapes the way that you are, the way that you the act, the way that you think about yourself, the support that you have. Um, so yeah, oh, that is just like my favorite. I'm so glad that you brought that up. That's, that's everything. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I think for myself, I can definitely agree that, um, for, for me, I definitely try to surround myself with people that are aligned with my mindset, whether that's spiritual, business, and everything. So I think it's very important when you have all of those um, things in line with each other. And I think that's when you end up making really big breakthroughs and, and you're able to like really work on the situations that you're struggling with when you find somebody that has all those three things in place. Yes. Oh, and I think that really speaks to like the human part of us, right? So I coach executives and organizations. I coach teams. I coach moms that are just starting a business. I coach just moms that are at home, just literally any human. And when I first started this, doctors, lawyers, I would think, oh, I can't coach them because they're way smarter than me or they make way more money than me. Like, you know, all those limiting beliefs. And what I've come to find is, no, no, no. The art of coaching someone is just understanding that they have a human brain and I can help anyone with a human brain because I know how the brain works. Right. And so it's just, it's really interesting. There's this, there's this, this being, I think so so many of us are like, oh, we need to niche down and like, who exactly do you help? And it's like, I do believe that I help everyone right? Because it doesn't matter what, how you see yourself in that role or what you play. Like, I know what your fears are. 
I know how your human brain brain works. I know like the work of self-concept and how coaching can help you break open in any area of your life. No matter what your title is, you're still a human. Yes. You have a human brain. <laughs> yes. So on that note, take me to what led you to start your career. Like, were you doing something before that kind of pushed you into this direction? Oh, yeah. Um, so number one, I'll just preface by saying that I think my time here on earth was, I was always meant to be a coach. I was always meant to be a coach. So we go all the way back. I'm going to take you all the way back to when I was 15 and I had my first son at 15. Then I had my second son at 17. And back then I was living this kind of like this story of I'm a dropout, um, on welfare. I lived in section eight housing, which is not bad. It was, I was so grateful for all of that at the time, but I never thought that it was possible for me to do anything else. I would see people at work, some of my coworkers that had started university. And I just thought that was never an option for me. Number one, like I dropped out of school, you know, it was never an option for me. And I remember this was the very first breakthrough that I had is I got a raise from being, um, I was a phone operator for a dealership and I got a raise for a quarter. And I can't remember if I was making like $7 and 25 cents or if I was making $8. Um, regardless of what the money amount was, is I remember being super excited and I was just like thrilled for that quarter. And it wasn't that, I mean, I was so grateful for that quarter, but that night that I got home, I really sat to think about the excitement that I felt for a quarter. And then I really started to think about like, is this, this is what my life is. Like, I just started looking around. And I'm like, I think for the very first time I had so much awareness around me. I'm like, oh my God, I'm living in this life. Is this what I actually want to do? Can I get a high school diploma? Like, can I, can, is that something that's possible for me? And on the back of an envelope, I sat down and I was like, my number one goal is to get a high school diploma. And maybe when I, when I feel like that's something that I can do, then I can see what's next. And that was my first impossible goal that I went all in on. And let me, I just have to tell this part because this is also such a big part of the story. When I walked into the school, it was like a, um, a dropout recovery place, Cooper Academy in San Antonio, Texas. I walked into the school and as I walk in, this is so divinely led, in big red letters, there's like the sign that says, your past is not your future. Hmm. And for the first time in my life, I believed that. I didn't even know it was an option to think that thought. I never heard that before. And um, so I walked in and I'm like, what if I, if I really believe that, then that means then I can make a decision to like create a new future. <laughs> if, it's, if, if my future is not dependent on who I am now or who I've been in the past, then that means I have the the option and um, the space available to me to create and become someone that, I mean, it's like in my wildest dreams, right? And I just believed so much in that, that it carried me like from high school diploma at 21 years old, by the way, like I had to take all the tax tests. You remember the tax test? Yeah. Now I think it's called the star test. I had to take the tax test. I got my diploma and something happened to me on that stage. <laughs> Um, I saw my kids in the front row and my husband and my family, and I was so proud. And that was a new emotion for me because I never felt that before. Um, you know, just like I was 21. So five years prior, I was with my son's dad, their father, and this was not a good relationship. It was a, you know, abusive relationship. We'll just leave that there. And, um, 
now, like I had met this amazing man, my husband, James, who I met him when my sons were two and three and like to see him and my sons and my family as some people are listening and they're like, oh, okay, you got a high school diploma at 21, not a big deal. But that is one of the moments that I am most proud of in my entire life. So, okay, fast forwarding. From there, I was like, okay, what could I do next? Let me go to community college. Go to community college and I finished in a year with two degrees at Palo Alto. I'm a Palo Alto, uh, San Antonio College is alum. I'm like, okay, what could I do next? So I go to Texas A&M. But in between, I'm like, so you, okay, hold on. <laughs> in between, I walk into HEB and I see this woman in front of me and she's wearing a uniform. You know, San Antonio is a military city and um, she's wearing an army uniform and she has two kids in her grocery, like in her cart, right? And I have my two kids. And so the only difference between us is that she's wearing a uniform and I'm not. And in that moment, the seed was planted like, oh, what if you could go to the military? Which let me just tell you, that's super crazy. Sounds absurd, sounds impossible. And that seed was planted. And right then and there, as I got into my car and drove home, I decided I'm gonna go into the military. Like I just made that decision. I didn't wait for all of this time. To, to go through and like think about it and like, am I not good enough? I had to lose 20 pounds. I was finishing up my bachelor's degree and I decided I'm going all the way in and that started my military career. So I did enlisted. Um, and then when I came back, I thought that was great, but I really think that I could be an officer now. Let me see if I can, you know, let me see if that's like the next impossible goal for me. And that was in God's plan for me. It worked out. I got a graduate degree at, um, I got a graduate degree and as, as you hear me talk about this and it sounds like, oh my God, everything was just up and up and up and up. That is just so not the reality. Like in the mist, right? Six months before I graduated with my graduate degree and went at active duty, my husband died in a motorcycle accident. Mm-hmm. And thank you. So I think that sometimes if you don't know someone's story and you like think like, oh, they have it so much easier. And I just want to say that success is not a matter of how easy it is. Success is a matter of how willing you are to persevere no matter what comes at you. Wow. I think that that's like the perfect um, example of when I have people on, I always say social media has this like veil on us that we just see the beautiful things and we don't know people's stories. We don't know the trials and tribulations that they go through. We just see that everything looks like rainbows and butterflies. And sometimes it's not like that. And and I think to to really know like, that you've pushed through even on the most darkest time and you were able to accomplish so much only goes to show like you you really have to want it you really have to like put your whole heart into something and and really want to do better and 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 continue and finish and and I feel like because um 
it, it was just a just a little change in your mindset from being a school dropout to being like no well let me let me go get my high school diploma and then seeing how you were able to push through and I'm sure of course we're human we're moms we're everything I'm sure in between all of those accomplishments were very hard you know bumps on the road but it's the fact that you kept pushing and you kept going that's like very inspirational and I feel like you know a lot of us tend to think like oh my bumps are higher than others Eh, it could be but that doesn't mean that you can't go over the bump yes I I definitely my my heart goes out to you because I can't even imagine how hard that must have been to lose a loved one and and still have to push through to continue on your purpose so take me a little bit into that like how was it pushing through that and still trying to reach what you felt was your life purpose um you know I think there's like so much bittersweetness in the story when it happened of course it was so unexpected I mean I was I was in finals it was my last semester of grad school at UAW and um, my last semester of ROTC. And what do you do when your plan doesn't work? This is what I did. And some people didn't agree with it. Like they thought I, I obviously stopped. Like my, I didn't even want to shower. I was on my mom's couch for 30 days for a month. Her and my sisters went to pack up my house, my apartment. And me and my sons, my two sons at this time, uh, we lived with my parents until, you know, you, you just can't even think. And um, I remember laying on that couch and telling myself that my life will be only, a, if I choose to stay here on this couch, if I choose to not commission in the army and go active duty, if I choose to not finish school, my life will be maybe 10 degrees better than what it is right now that I'm experiencing, right? Like my, the quality of the life that I'd be able to create. And if I decided to get off the couch, finish what I started, even when I'm grieving, even when it doesn't look like to everyone else that I'm grieving, because they're like, you're back at PT, like the, as an army officer, that's a non-negotiable, like physical fitness and being there in the morning. I remember taking my kids running on the, the incarnate word track at 5 a.m. Um, so it looked a lot like quietly crying at night, but still working and just knowing that if I don't do this now, I'm, this may be the life that I'm going to create. And that's not something that I'm willing to decide to do. And so I, like, as I hear myself saying this, looking back then, I didn't have the vocabulary that I have now. I didn't know concepts. I didn't know what coaching was. I didn't know any of that. But what I did know is that I was going to make it to that finish line, no matter what came my way, no matter how hard it was. And that's what I did. That is what I did. Um, and a lot of people were very surprised because they didn't take enough time is what they were saying. 
And I grieved in my own way. I mean, to this day, I still grieve to this day. I have a way different life. But the message that I'm trying to get across right now is that no matter what you go through, you always have a decision that you can make that nobody can make for you and nobody can take from you. Nobody could go and finish doing what I needed to do other than me. And I was sure as hell not going to wait until I thought it was like, then I'm going to be ready. We're never really ready. We just get to decide we're ready. And then we turn in, turn that energy on like a faucet, right? So what I learned about me was like, I'm resilient. I really can persevere through things. I am so fucking strong, even when I don't. And I think, I think that is so powerful when we as humans not even just women when we as humans like finally reach that point in ourselves to know like we are really stronger than we think we are really we are really in control of our whole outcome it's just like having to really push through and say like my one of my favorite um things that a, a friend recently told me is like we're we're like a tv you are in control of changing that channel like so it's like if you are feeling like you can't and you feel like you I'm just like completely done like you are in control of changing that narrative and I think it's so beautiful that even through the most darkest time you were able to still tell yourself no, you can do this. You can do this because if you don't do it, you're gonna you're gonna stay here. You're gonna end up um, you know, losing that that fire in you. And I think that's also probably what pushed you too, is that fire of like, you know, my loved one isn't here, but I'm gonna I'm gonna make him proud I'm gonna make my kids proud I'm gonna I'm gonna continue doing what I set in motion and that's just that's just the most beautiful powerful thing that I feel like a human can do and to see that you were able to do that is truly amazing and I I can see now why you talk the way you do the way you you literally push so much love and passion into the people that you talk to it's because of that and it's awesome because like I said previous before we started recording I know um we didn't get to do it in the episode but I truly feel sometimes in what I do I get very discouraged sometimes I feel unmotivated and sometimes I tell myself like why do I do this like why do I put myself through this stress yes. like, I should just like go back to being a stay-at-home mom just that way I don't have to worry or like stress myself out deadlines this and that and blah blah blah. and I feel like the moments when I I finally I'm like I literally see your posts on my newsfeed and it's always like remember you you can motivate yourself or like I just love seeing your your reels and your lives sometimes and I'm just like yeah she's fucking right like I, I can do this I can do this I should not I should not let little things affect me to where it's like 
not me reaching my goal or reaching the the you know my mission pretty much yeah so I I think that it's awesome to see that you're you're not just this person that has it all together like you actually have been through stuff and you know you're coming and you're talking to us from expert um experiences and and your own trials and tribulations and that to me I think is even more motivating because I always say social media has us thinking otherwise and so it's it's awesome to to see that you you've reached this point in your career and in your life that you're like no I can I can take you back there and and I've been through some shit and I'm here right now and telling you that it can happen you just gotta push the way and so on that note like tell me now how has your career really unfolded from that like you graduated you um did your military career so what made you officially become a life coach yeah I think that um my path is like a representation of will of like self-will and like what you're willing to feel and experience and do and my all of that story that I just shared with you was like the catalyst that drove me here so when I went to grad school I remember looking into an executive coaching thing like it just called me out a little bit, but I didn't know anybody that was a coach. I didn't even know what the industry was like. I didn't know anything. So the safe thing for me was to go active duty where I'm going to be able to provide for my kids, um, have insurance and have a salary like set. Right. So it was the easy thing for me to do. So I go to the army and, um, I'm so proud of the work that I did there. It, you know, when, first of all, when I was commissioning, I graduated a distinguished military graduate, 10% 10% in the entire nation of all of the officers. And I'm a fucking Latina. Like that made me. That even makes me like you, you're a fucking chingona right there. <laughs> yes. That made me so proud for the representation that I was able to bring into the world. And then um, that career, the military gave me so much discipline and it forced me like put me up front not only was I coming in as a leader I had a I had soldiers I had a team of people um it just pushed me beyond anything that I thought I was capable because it's not like you have uh you can't just decide that you don't want to do it anymore you know you have to do it and I was able to have some exponential growth and what I noticed is that yes I actually have all of us humans no matter what stage we are or no matter how tight and boxed up, it looks on the other end. We all have limiting beliefs that we're constantly shuffling through and working through on the back end. So I was working through a lot of imposter syndrome, a lot of confidence, and I spent six and a half years in the army. And when I decided to make my transition, I had just got on the captain promotion list. And I knew that it was either I'm going to stay and life this out, or I'm going to jump to the civilian workforce and see what's there. So I I went back to the coaching realm and I'm like, oh, let me get certified in this. So I did a year program, the University of Texas at Dallas as I transitioned out in executive coaching. And um, I kept hearing, so many people told me how hard it was, how hard it was to make it in the civilian sector, how hard it is to replace the salary that I was making in there. All I heard was how hard, how hard I hard. And I mean, I think you guys got 
to know me a little bit more, like people can tell me how hard it is. I'm just going to make it to the finish line anyway. So I started telling myself, um, it wasn't just telling myself like, oh, I got really clear on what I wanted to do. I wanted to do, do executive coaching and I wanted to be a consultant. So I got really clear. Then I started looking up possible avenues and I already knew that I wanted a six-figure salary coming out. Like that was just a non-negotiable for me. And so what I started to do was I started to visualize, what does it look like when I'm in the interviewing process? What does it look like when I'm working with my first client? What is it? What am I? What is the bag that I take when I'm packing to fly to see a client? What is the jacket that I'm wearing? Like I got into all of those tiny details that some people don't think about. I got into the feeling, into the energetics of it. And I was able to make it happen so quickly. And then everyone's like, but it's so hard. How did you make it happen? You have to expect that something is going to happen in order for you to actually have it. There's so much about expectation that we can talk about, but okay. So now I'm working in the corporate world at one of the top management consultant firms in the world. And I spend three years there. And what I realized is that I can do this for myself. And I have way more, I have way more passion fueling life from my words into other people than I do doing the work that I was doing as a consultant and like in there. And then again, it's so hard to build your own business. And it's so hard. It's like all this noise. And so for me, I'm a person that I like risk. I will jump and take risks. Sometimes I shouldn't, but that's just my personality is like, I am, I make a decision and I go, I don't believe in a lot of waiting. The energy of waiting is so stagnant. It's not sexy to me. If you really want something, you have to make a decision and start taking action towards it. So I just jumped. And there's a lot of interesting things that happened when you jump, because now I'm working on building new beliefs about what I, what is possible for me and what I'm able to create. And of course, all the stuff is like coming at me, like it doesn't happen right away for some people. It wasn't happening right away, but I still continue to believe. And I brought that energetic presence into my, um, into my process of like, well, what does it look like when I'm on a zoom call and there's a bunch of women on here already? What does that look like? Right. And so I just started to believe and play myself at the finish line. Like that's a story that I started telling myself. And then sooner than later, I started to live that. And that's how I got here. That's long story short. It's just like visualizing and I've always expected it to be. And I think it's so, I think it's so crazy that you say that because it really, it really is just something so small like that, that we as humans find so hard to do. Like, and I think it's because a lot of things come into play, like imposter syndrome, um, you know, just self-doubt, things like that come into play because I know for myself, there is times where I have to do that, where I have to put my mindset in like, okay, I like to downplay what I do sometimes because I'm like, well, it's just, I just do this. And, and then I have to be like, no, I... I'm a community builder. I, I, wow. you know, I help other businesses, you know, elevate their businesses. And so like, I have to kind of remind myself and put myself in that um, mindset of like, what is the, what does like the future me look like? And so even now I do kind of struggle with it, but it it is a game changer when you put yourself in that mentality because now I start to be like okay well if I go to meetings even though they might be small meetings like okay if I was to be like a 
six-figure businesswoman, what would I wear? What would I? And so I start playing with those ideas and then I, I get excited for myself because I'm like, I know I can obtain that. I know I can reach that. And so it's awesome to hear you say it because a lot of people say that and it's like so hard for us for some reason to just visualize better for ourselves. And so what would you tell somebody um, that's struggling with that? Like what tips would you give them to visualize their higher, better selves? Yes. Oh, I love this. Visualization is so fun for me. Um, you know, and in the beginning, it's not very easy because it sounds like so woo, like, you know, but if there's one thing that you take away from this is that just know that there is this life that we're experiencing right now in the 3D. And there is another one that is already, you're already like your future self is already wise. She already has all the solutions. She's already experienced. She's being, she's doing, she's feeling all the things that you want to have. And there is a way for you to tap in. And the only thing that you have to do is get quiet and listen to yourself. Because there's like separation that we create when we continue to doubt ourselves and think that it's not possible for us, because what you feed and tell your mind, you start to believe, right? So for the visualization, it's like, okay, I will sit here and I'm like, sometimes if let's do it with a prompt, like if I have a result or experience in my life that I don't actually want, and I'm asking myself, all right, how the heck did I create this? Let me see how I created this. And I'll be like, oh, okay, I see that I did that. I'll like take stock and inventory of the things that I did, the areas I wasn't believing, the places where I thought it wasn't safe to receive. And then I allow myself to close my eyes and I take myself to the place where that is already done and I already am and I already have and I allow myself to feel it. So even if you can hold on for five seconds, in the beginning, I could only hold for five seconds, right? That feeling, hold on. Then you're, you do it again. You're like, hold on, let's just tap in, tap in, tap in. What does it feel like? What does it feel like? What does it feel like? Because the beautiful thing about visualization and feeling your future self now, doesn't matter how much money you have. doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter what you look like. You can feel any emotion. There's no like set currency standard for us to feel this emotion now. Like don't wait to feel until you get there. You're just prolonging it. If you can just allow yourself to close your eyes, see yourself, feel your, feel it, feel it, feel it, feel it, feel it. And hang, I like feel like a, an anchor sometimes. I just close my eyes and I'm like, yes, more, more of that. Oh my God, that feels amazing. Then what am I going to do? Yes, that. And then I start thinking about, oh my God, and then my kids are going to be so excited. And you see how my body language is already changing. Yeah. That is actually what is a real quantum leap because you're leaping from this part of our 3D to that part of you now. And when you can open your eyes and the more that you can hang on to it, you make one mini decision from that future state it's going to help you close the gap from where we are now to where we want to be. I had chills. This is like, the, oh, this is the finest. I, I was literally about to tell you. Yes, I, I, I got the chills when you say that because it is true. When I do visualize future me, I get this happiness. Yeah. I get this like feeling like, uh, because I know that she has her shit together. I know that she's finally sitting back, chilling, thinking, and looking at everything she's accomplished. Like I did that. And it's like a beautiful feeling. I, yes. it's, it's it's kind of cool to see you actually do it and see your body language change. Cause I can just imagine that's how we look when we do visualize ourselves like that. Yes. And there's this other little piece here, you know, when you're like, I'm looking back and, I, and, you know, she's like got all of her shit, um, 
together and all that stuff. It's so important for us to celebrate all of the tiny wins. So every coaching call, I start with like, what are we celebrating? I want you to have your brain go fetch something that we're celebrating, no matter how insignificant you think it is. And the reason is because there's an actual science to celebration that does something with our brain patterns. And when we can celebrate, what happens is like, oh my God, you know what? I'm so excited. I'm so proud of myself. Like this little thing, I'm super proud of myself that I actually took the action and I committed and I did it. And I'm going to celebrate that because what's happening is you're creating intimacy with yourself and you're creating more safety for you to do things and be a part of things and experience bigger and better. And for many of actually, I think every single one of us needs to work on the safety that we create and the intimacy with ourselves. And with that, I talk about the self-coaching work and like how, you know, like this is so gross and this is like the grossest analogy ever, but it really helps to get in there. If we don't floss our teeth, your mouth is going to smell like, right. It is just gross. And actually, if you don't floss your teeth, like your gums and your teeth start to separate all of this disgusting stuff. It's the same thing. If we don't floss out all of the bad thoughts and all of like the limiting beliefs that we have in our head that are telling us we can't when we want to, right. So I call that the mental flossing and it is doing a quick thought download you write all the shit that's in your brain and then you can look at it. It's like literally flossing it out. And you're like, oh, wait, wait, wait a second. Why did you think that? Why did I think that? Why did that not feel good? Is that actually what I want to believe? And at any moment, we all have the opportunity to choose a different thought, to get rid of it. And in the beginning, it's not like, oh, I'm just not going to believe that anymore. No, no, no. It doesn't work like that because our brains work on repetition. And for I'm 35 years old, right? So there's thoughts and beliefs that I've had for 35 years that I'm still working on cleaning out. But the more and more that I can familiarize myself and create intimacy with letting that go and replacing it with what I actually want to believe about myself, the better and better I become, the better and bigger my world is, the more and more I can create this amazing life. And that that is like something that I really hope that everyone listening takes away like write down mental floss do some decluttering what's in there look at what you're actually telling yourself we don't have to overcomplicate it it can be as simple as that look at what you're actually telling yourself and then decide is that what you want to keep thinking and if not replace it with something even if you don't believe it yet and i always like to use the bridge thought like it's possible that i could wouldn't it be fun for me to like, listen to the energy of would be fun if, instead of thinking that's not for me, it could never be for me, I'm not good enough. Wouldn't it be fun to have that? There's so much funness. And like with that, then it brings like this energy of curiosity. And then you feel that fire and you get, in, you get into inspired action. Then you take the action, you start closing, 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 closing the gap. You're like, oh shit, I did this. What's next? What's next? What's next? Because our life is a series of goals, whether we realize it or not whether we realize it or not. So why not take care of our brain, take care of our emotional state, create intimacy within this relationship that we have with ourselves is the most important relationship. Like for me, it's like me and God, me and God, God, like I am always working on looking at myself and thinking about myself the way that I believe God and my spirit team is because they just like want to co-create with me. And they think so many beautiful things of us. And what if I could borrow some of that belief? And throughout my life, if you look at the timeline of my life, you can see how much of that belief I have borrowed that has created um, an energy of expectation for me. Not that I just want it. I expect it to happen. There's that tiny, subtle shift. It doesn't have to be overcomplicated, but it changes the entire game. I feel like I just had a, like a, 
like my mind is just blown because it's it's just that simple and it's like we make it more complicated for ourselves because we we are so disconnected from ourselves yeah and 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 it's like I can hear you and as you're talking and you know obviously whoever's listening to the episode you just got some free game right there right (laughs) I hope you guys use it because for me as you're talking I literally can feel that kind of shift and be like yeah like I can do that I'm gonna start doing that and as you're talking about that mental floss I can I was literally thinking and visualizing all the negative things that I tell myself sometimes and I'm like yeah why do I tell myself that like why 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 do I think that about myself when it's like I I can change that and I can think this and so I I think just you sharing that was a big change for me and I hope that it is for everybody else that's going to tune in because it's it's literally just changing those little things that are going to make big impacts and going to change um truly how we we see ourselves and put us in better situations and and better um in a better mood because even even you sharing that I just feel like yeah I get excited because I'm like yeah that would feel good to have like you get that like I don't uh, like I guess that cheerfulness of like yes like I wonder what what it's going to be like so I definitely thank you for sharing that. Um, I hope that everybody takes it in and uses it. And if you guys do use it, like I hope that you guys are able to tag Esperanza so she can see you guys doing <laughs> work. Um, one of the things that I always like to ask people is who motivates you the most in your life? Oh, that's a good question. You know, of course, like immediately I'm like, oh God, and how I was sharing, like seeing myself that way and really believing in myself and what's possible. And this past version of me, like Esperanza has a 15-year-old girl with a baby. Esperanza has a 17-year-old girl with a baby. There's a lot of that residue still on me because I am still her, but we are better. We are safer. We are more matured and, you know, like more educated and all of the stuff. But I think what really motivates me is thinking about that past version of myself. And if there's anything that can come out of my voice, that's coming from God, that's coming from me. That is really motivating for me to be able to have the ability to speak that into the world. Because I think about, imagine if I would have met someone who looked like me, had hair like me, had skin like me, talk like me, um, watch novelas like me when I was younger how that could have accelerated my life. And I know that it happened the way it did because it was always meant to be this way. But I think about that now and how can I, how could I ever stay quiet even when there are times that I don't believe in myself when I think about all of the other Esperanza's out there in the world Mm. that are like waiting to be seen, to be felt, to be represented. That is so important for me because it's always one thing that you can hear. Like for me, it was the, your past is not your future. That little line, those six words changed the entirety of my life. So it's like, what six words can I say to someone else? You never know who you are influencing. And you can always, like, we're always influencing people, whether we, we know it or not. 
if we are like tapped in and believe of the work that we're doing and the impact that we're trying to create. Long story short. So I think the answer to that is Esperanza at 17, which is pretty inspiring. I could have never seen this light. I definitely think that she is. And I think she would be very proud of the woman that you've become because even I'm getting emotional <laughs> because it's it's true. A lot of us, uh, I think back on, on little Jasmine and I think that that's what motivates me as well in the work that I do because if I would have just had one person like who I am now, the woman that I've, I've you know, life has shaped me into now, I think I would have, you know, push myself a little harder or whatever you know accomplish a lot more things sooner but that's what fuels me in the work that I do because I know that there's a little girl out there going through the same thing as me at that age that will one day meet someone like me or maybe it will be me in the work that I do in the community and things like that and so to hear you say that as well it I think that a lot of us have that um motivation that we our past selves would be proud of who we are today so that that's very beautiful thank you Esperanza for sharing that um now I want to just thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day to sit and conversate with me like I love conversations with people I can go on and on and talk because I I Because I, I genuinely fear, feel that through storytelling, we can connect with people. We can truly feel everything that they've gone through, how life has, you know, changed them, how different situations in their in their life has shaped them into the people. And I love that. I, I love being there to experience that with them and so just you taking the time out to let me sit in your experiences and and your trials and tribulations is just thank you so much I appreciate it um can you please let everybody know where they can follow you if they're interested in life coaching yes absolutely I just want to thank you for the work that you're doing as well it's so important and so needed we say this word like storytelling And storytelling is so important when you actually share the real raw shit, right? So that's what I call iconic vulnerability. It's because you're allowing yourself to be vulnerable and it's iconic when you can share one of your breakthroughs for someone else to see that. Like they're, they're listening, they're hearing, they're representing, but then it's for them because then they're going to take that away and like, Oh wait, I remember that she said this, if she can do it, so can I. So thank you for the work that you do. Um, yes, anybody listening, you can find me on Instagram at Esperanza L. LeBron. You can also find me um, at EsperanzaLeBron.com or TheLounge.co. Well, you guys heard it here. I hope that you guys all enjoyed the episode. I hope that you guys all are able to connect with her and take into consideration all the amazing tips and tricks that she was able to share on the episode definitely make sure you guys tag her you make sure you guys tag us and we'll see you guys next time hola happita thank you so much for tuning in to our hepa talk podcast if you haven't already make sure you follow us on instagram at hepa talk make sure you leave us a review and that you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, 
on Spotify and on YouTube. Thank you again. Hasta luego.